today on Geekdom Powers. Uh, and I just turned 50. Me too. So, Me too. Oh, they... Yep. In February. I, well, I guess, I guess I'm going to be 51 in, in the next February. So, uh, but yeah. I'm... <laughs> I'm in October, so I'm, I'm fresh. Um, <laughs> I'm much younger than you. Yes. You are listening to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness. Welcome back! My name is Guy Hasson and you are listening to Geekdom Empowers. Geekdom Empowers is the podcast that highlights creators and fans in the geek world who do not often get to be highlighted. It's these people, it's us, who make up almost all of the geek world by talking to each person, by hearing their stories. Geekdom in Powers creates a huge, giant, world-sized quilt of all the geeks all around the world. Each person is a story, and together we are one story, one huge geekverse quilt. Today's guest is Scott Sirkland. Scott has found a way to be a comic book artist and how to do his own thing by helping others do their own thing. It's a fascinating conversation about how, like the name says, your geekdom empowers you. Hey, guy, how's it going? Good, fine. How are you? I'm good. Nice to meet good you. Nice to meet you, finally. Yeah, yes. I know you've met a lot of my friends, so I'm in good company, I guess. You know, I've been interviewing a lot of friends, people who are friends, even though sometimes I didn't know they were friends. I didn't know they were <laughs> In your case, uh, you, you know, you came recommended. So, uh, Thank you. Well, I'll have, to, I'll have to thank Josh and Jim and Gary. So, <laughs> yeah, I listened to all those episodes, too. So, yeah, they're great. So I got a little feel for the show. Okay, good, good. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your origin story? Yeah, so origin story. So uh, it's it's kind of, you've probably heard this a lot if you've interviewed a lot of artists, but I'm one of those that started out, you know, my mom was like, uh, before, you know, I was drawing before I could walk or whatever. You know, I was always, always drawing. My earliest memories were of me drawing. Um, and I, primarily, I mean, a lot of what I do centers around comic books. So I'm, 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 pretty big in the comics at least as far as creating comics and everything i'm there's a lot of modern comics that i'm not up on but um yeah i think my my fascination uh with comic books started back when i when i was growing up the old uh 60s batman serials were in reruns and i used to watch those the old adam west and burt ward batman um and uh, I just, I mean, I just love that stuff. And also Super Friends, which was another animated cartoon uh, based on the DC superheroes. From the, the 80s. Oh, yeah, de- definitely the 80s, that. yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'm an 80s kid. I was born in, the, born in the 70s, but, you know, grew up in the 80s. Um, and, uh, and I remember one of the first things before I really knew about comics, I remember, I remember I used to get, I don't know if it was like a preschool thing or, or where I got these, but I would get like these five, they had like these fire safety coloring books. It was just like stop, drop and roll. I don't know if you guys have that where you're at, but that was kind of the, the thing. So just what to do if your house is on fire or just different fire safety or whatever. And it was just different people doing different things. And I would take all the, I would take those coloring book pages 
and I would draw all on all the people. I would draw capes and cows and make them look like Batman and Robin and do all that stuff. And that's where instead of just coloring in the lines, I would kind of at an early age was coloring outside the lines and adding my own stuff mm -hmm. and everything. So, and then gradually it just got got to a point where it was me. I mean, I did discover, I discovered comics. My dad would, I, sometimes I tag along with my dad when he was going to work. He had a swimming pool company and he would go out and, you know, either survey a house or, or you know, you know, start or work on whatever. And sometimes in the summer, I just tag along with them and just to keep me, you know, so I wouldn't, wasn't going crazy or whatever. <laughs> so, so I wasn't acting up, you would buy me a comic book. So I got to pick out a comic. And so that's when I started reading comics. And uh, from there, somewhere along the line, I, I recognized that people actually drew these, that they didn't just appear magically, you know, before that, I just, yeah, they disappear, you know, but then I realized, no, people are actually creating these and they're drawing these. And then, so then I started to learn um, who some of the artists were. And I, I can't remember, uh, you know, if, I, I don't know if it was Jim. Um, I know you interviewed my friend, Jim, Jim Lujan, and I don't know if he was the one that mentioned this or, but uh, one of the first people I, I noticed was John Byrne. Um, and he was doing a comic called Alpha Flight at the time after he had done a run on the X-Men. And I just ate that stuff up and I started recognizing his particular style. And then from then I noticed other artists like George Perez. And then from there, you know, a little later on down the road, um, Art Adams came on the scene and he's probably still probably my favorite artist. But, um, but yeah, that was sort of, I guess, as far as origin stories, that's pretty much it. And I've been drawing comics ever since. I just, I didn't even have a, as a kid, I didn't have an art desk or anything. I would just sit on the floor on, you know, on the back, a lot of times on the back of my homework paper, I would just be drawing. And I got in trouble a lot for that in school because I was always drawing and not necessarily working on my homework. But I guess it paid off because I'm, I'm able to, where I'm not so good at math. So I was, I was drawing on the back of my math pages, but at least, at least, I put some time in and I got good enough at art to actually make a living from it. So well, my daughter's like that. Like, you know, yeah. Uh she's a nine, but she is in her soul. She's an artist. Oh yeah. You know, she draws right. and she mm -hmm. you can see her sink into that thing and just uh yeah. And she doodles during, you know, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, don't be too hard on her. I mean, obviously you, oh. you want to get her academics done, but but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, if you, I think it does, it does really, it does really take that passion, you know, um, it's kind of, I always say that art is like a, a lifestyle. It's not really a job. It's almost like a lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You really have, I mean, and there's exceptions to every rule. Some people, some people just comes naturally and, and it's, it's, they don't, you know, they can just draw or whatever and it's then put it aside or whatever. But for me, um, it's a lot, you know, it's pretty much what motivates me and, and what I enjoy doing and, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's listen, for me, it, uh, you know, I, I was a writer for my soul. So I invented stories. That's why I didn't can, Can't draw a straight line, but I can invent stories. Uh, yeah, so how did you, like, for me, for example, I didn't think it was a, writing was a career. Until even when I said I want to be a science fiction author, mm -hmm. I didn't think I would ever make money from it, which thank you know I haven't. So you know, good plan. But um, um, but you know, when did you start making that into uh, you know 
Um, let's see. So, I mean, I always knew I wanted to draw and create and I, I never really thought, I mean, I guess when I was really young, there was time where I wanted to be an actor or whatever. And I kind of get to do that a little bit on my YouTube channel. I get to do some acting and stuff, but it's hard for me to memorize all those lines and stuff. But, but really, I mean, other than stuff like that, or of course, at one point I wanted to be a rock star, but of course I didn't want to take the time to learn how to play instruments. So that didn't really work out for me. But, um, but somewhere deep down, I just knew I wanted to do art. And I guess, I mean, there may have been, you know, I can't remember the earliest time I actually got paid to do artwork or something. I remember when I was in high school, I, um, there was a new comic book store that opened up and they, they quote unquote hired me. I don't think I got paid anything other than in comics. I think they gave me some comics, but, but um, to paint their, their window out front. And I thought that was a pretty big deal considering I was just this high school kid and everything. So I remember doing that and I may have gotten noticed doing that. And, and, you know, I'm sure there were people here and there that would pay me a few bucks just to do a drawing or whatever. And of course this was long before the internet. I, I sometimes I wonder if the internet was around, if I, if I would have, how much further I would be along, because I mean, nowadays with all these tools that kids coming up have, it's just, it's just amazing, you know, what they, I mean, every, everything you could ever think of to learn is pretty much at your fingertips. Whereas back then, you know, you had to find another artist and call them on the phone and like, how do you do this? And back then it was people, a lot of artists weren't always so keen on sharing their, sharing their secrets or whatever. So sometimes every once in a while you get somebody that was willing to kind of impart some wisdom and everything, but it was kind of hard to figure things out. But um, in, in the 80s, there was this big book by Marvel, by Jim Shooter. I don't know if you know, like huge, mm -hmm. uh, with uh, the size of actual drawing pages, uh, comic book pages, you know. The, the Marvel tryout book? I think so, yes. And I have, yeah, I've got it. My, I've got a copy of it. It's, it's torn and the cover's all fallen off, but I've got a copy of it. Yeah, yeah. No, I had that. But that, the thing with that one is I was always afraid to actually use it because I, I mean, I was afraid to pull the pages out and eventually I think I started to do some inking and stuff like that. Um, but, but yeah, I don't remember exactly at what point I got that because I remember that was, it was still kind of a mystery as to how you create these books. I mean, I would, when I was creating comics as a kid, I just, like I said, it was on the back of my homework. So it was like a letter size sheet and I just lay out my panels and I draw and everything and mm -hmm. mostly in pencil. I didn't do a lot of inking or anything. And those pages weren't really made for inking on, but, but uh, then somewhere along the line there, there, I remember after I started getting a little more serious into comics and this probably was in the, this probably was in the early nineties um, that there was a comic book gallery that opened up in Scottsdale, Arizona, kind of, not super close, but a little close where I could drive to it. And I remember driving to this gallery and they had original pages from like Jim Lee and a bunch of uh, airbrush work by this artist, Paul Mounts, who did a lot of the, the airbrushing on the original Marvel uh, trading card sets. But I, and it was all done on like, like acetate and like airbrushed on, and, and it was just, 
And I just would go to this gallery. It was, it was a gallery, but they were, I mean, they were there to like, you know, sell artwork. So, you know, but they had kids like me that went in there and you would just like look at them and everything. And I'd ask questions, but, but that was the first time, because this was before I ever went to a convention or anything. And that was the first time I got to see like the paste ups. I got to see the corrections and I got to see how it all came together in the actual size. And that opened up a whole new world to me. And I was like, okay, I, I get it now. I get how these things come together. And then from there, it was just doing whatever research I could. And, um, and I used to take, there was a time where I was learning how to ink and I would take, this is back, I think, I think the Jim Lee run of X-Men, this is again, back in the nineties, I used to take those pages uh, from the comic and I would blow them up to 11 by 17 on a copy paper. And of course they were already inked, you know, by Scott Williams and everything. And it was all the coloring was there, but I, it was in black and white. So, you know, it wasn't line art or anything, but I would take those and then I would take a, like a sheet of like vellum or whatever, put over it. And then I would just trace over it, like ink over it. And I practice inking and I practiced with the crow quill and it, I never got a handle for that really. And then, then I started practicing with a brush and I got pretty good at that. So um, when I ink, I'm primarily a brush inker, although now I do a lot of stuff digitally. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's kind of, that's when I, I started to learn how to just kind of that craft and how, how it comes together. And then eventually I did go to, go to a convention and I started creating or I started creating stuff and bringing it to conventions and, I did a few samples with some like Marvel or DC characters, but I've always wanted to kind of work on my own stuff. So I would, I, I put up a proposal and I drew, I just, I created a, a like a, a pitch for a comic book, but back then, and even, even now, um, a, a lot of companies, they, they don't want to take on original ideas. They want to just work on, you know, their own characters and everything like that. But you just, so eventually, that was my next question. Like, what did you, uh, did, where did you find your own core? Like the thing that makes you, you in the kinds of drawing? Yeah, I don't know. So like, yeah, that, that kind of evolved over the t- over time. I mean, at different stages of my life, I'm into different things. Like I was, I was, the first one of the first comics that I was pitching, um, this is again back in the 90s and everything was super hyper violent. And, you know, as a as a, you know, uh, older teenager or young, young in my young 20s, I would just, you know, I was really into all the super violent, you know, stuff like, you know, I'm trying to think of some good examples. I don't know. Just a lot of the books that are out there, you know, the, all the characters with the claws and all that stuff. And like every single image comic had some character with claws and they would rip people apart and all that stuff. So I created a character kind of like that. It was a character called, um, I think originally I, I created him when I was a kid and he was called the, he was called the predator. And that was before the, this just shows how old I am. That was before the movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger came out and that came out and then I'm like, well, I can't call him that anymore. So then he became Manhunter, but you know, there was another comic book called that. So then I was calling him the creature of the night or all these different things. So he went through a few different names, but he was basically, he looked a lot like Black Panther, but he had like a tail with a, with kind of a spade at the end, kind of like a devil's tail. Yeah. And he would use his tail to like rip through people and stuff like that. So, so, but he would have all black costume and it was kind of, he had, you know, ears and stuff like that. But, but yeah, so I, I, I chopped that thing around and it never really went anywhere. But, um, and then after that, I started getting, I started getting into nostalgia 
And I created, I created a comic, or I started to create a comic book called Retrofits, which was, it was, I think it was really the only superhero book I've ever conceived or started working on, but it was this idea, and I may return to it at some point, although now so much time has changed, I don't know if it, how relevant it would be, but it was, back then it was in the, tw- in the, in the 2000s, and it was about this bubblegum pop group from the 1970s, and um and they, they sort of just disappeared off the face of the earth, but then they reappeared 20 years later, but then they had these superhero powers and, you know, all they ever knew was what life was like in the seventies. And now they've got all this other technology and stuff. And, and, and they, on top of that, they discover they have these powers and they have no idea where they've been They're the same age as they were when they disappeared. And so that was that. And uh, that was another one that I came up with and I pitched and it really went nowhere. <laughs> and then Did you pitch eventually, uh, well, I just, just generally at, at conventions, I would, I showed it to a bunch of smaller studios. Like I may have shown it to DC or something, but they weren't really, you know, obviously they don't, they weren't interested in, in that. So, and then I, I probably, I probably got sidetracked and started doing other stuff. You know, eventually I got into doing game design and um, I was working in children's entertainment, producing a children's show and all kinds of stuff. So, well, so done. yeah. Back with the children's yeah. show. Talk about that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was another one. And I'm sure Jim could, Jim Lujan could tell you the same thing or whatever, but anyone that's ever worked in like the entertainment industry or whatever, it's, I mean, I got, we got pretty far with it. We got to the point where it was, it was optioned by a, a Hollywood studio and it was, um, and they, you know, we wrote a, a Bible for it and we shot a pilot and all that stuff, but then wow. eventually, yeah, eventually nothing happened to it. But the idea behind that was, it was kind of funny how that all came about. I actually an, answered an ad in the paper, somebody looking for a cartoonist. So I went on this interview, I met with this guy who had, a given, which is like a, an ape. It's a small little ape. I don't know. They've got usually got some of them are blonde with with white fur. Some of them are black with like white, like a white halo around their face. Looks like a little monkey, but they don't they don't have tails. So I guess technically they're apes. But anyway, mm-hmm. this was his pet. And he would take this this little guy named Alex all around where we would go. And he was like a local celebrity. So he wanted to make he wanted to create a comic strip to like give, you know, to to kind of as a role model for kids. And then, so I started working for him and we're working on this comic and a comic strip and I'm saying, and this is more like a comic strip you would find in the newspaper. And, and so eventually I was like, I don't know if this is the best way to get this point across because most, mostly it's mostly adults who read the paper. Um, if you're trying to reach kids, we should probably come up, start coming up with an idea for a children's show, like an animated show, or in this case, it ended up being with puppets and with costume characters and, you know, we created a whole world around it and there was, it took place in this mystical jungle and all, we added all these different characters and yeah, it was really fun. And, um, and so my partner in that, um, we, we did that for a while and eventually he got, he, he got sick and he, he ended up passing away. He was a lot older than I was. Um, and, uh, and then, and then from there, it just kind of, it kind of fizzled out after that without his, you know, he was kind of the financial backing behind it. And like I said, we, we, we had an option and the option went for a couple of years and eventually, you know, the people we, it's, it's so weird how that works. Cause you'll get people that are super excited about it and then either they'll leave the company and then the other people that come in aren't or whatever, all that kind of stuff. So it's just so hard to get something like that off the ground, but, but yeah, that was the idea behind that. So I worked a little bit in children's entertainment and then I, I had, I met another uh, friend that was a, uh, 
a voiceover actor, a pretty successful, one of the most successful voiceover actors. And he, um, he can't, he, he had some idea for a show that he wanted to pitch. So I started working with him and we, mm-hmm. this was, we would have been an animated show. We developed the concepts for that and everything. And even with all his connections and stuff, it, it didn't happen. And then later I worked on an idea for, a, he was working on a sitcom sort of about his life, about animation. And then uh, I got hired to do the artwork that the live actors in the show would be drawing, you know, all the different characters and there would be little animated segments. And uh, so we pitched that for a while and that didn't happen. Um, so I worked a little bit in, in, in animation, children's entertainment, and then gradually I moved, I eventually moved into game design and stuff like that. But I always, I always went back to comics and um, eventually I created the, you know, Young and the Dead, which is the comic I've been working on for the past, uh, I don't know how many years, <laughs> six, seven years, maybe not that long, but for, for a while, I've been working on it for a while. And Talk about uh, that for a second. How do you yeah. not even want it to do about? Okay, so yeah, it's an interesting story. So there's a, there's a guy called Kevin Cross who created this challenge called the 100 Days of Making Comics. And a lot of, a lot of my friends that you've met um, on the show were kind of introduced through that challenge. I mean, it became kind of a big community. Um, and the idea of that, that challenge was that you would create a comic book or you would work on a comic book every day for at least an, a half hour a day for a hundred days straight. And then the idea, and this is for people that have busy life that say, oh, I don't have time to make comics. Well, if you spend 30 minutes, if you can find 30 minutes a day, it'll all add up. Um, so that, you know, there was that challenge, but prior to that challenge, she created something called the mini comics dump truck. And what that was, was uh, it was a group of people that wanted to create mini comics. So everyone created their own mini comics. And at the end, when everyone was finished, everyone that created a comic would trade it back and forth. So you would create a comic, but then at the end, you'd get all these other comics for all, all, all these other mini comics from all these other creators. So that was a really fun project. And right now I still, some of my favorite mini comics I got from that way back when I did that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea was, it was just supposed to be an eight page story. And so I started working and I'm thinking, so I guess I'll preface this by saying my comic is it's like Goonies meets Night of the Living Dead. It's a kids versus zombie story. So it's called Young and the Dead. And um, it's my homage to like Goonies and Monster Squad and all those old action adventure movies of the 80s that start kids as the heroes. And so I was just thinking, well, I, got, I only have eight pages to tell a story. What's something simple that I can do? And I'm like, oh, kids versus zombies. I could do that in eight pages. That'll be fun. But what happened was when I started writing it, I started really getting into it and I started liking the characters and, and I'm like, no, there's more to this story that I can tell. And, and so uh, right now I'm just about, I'm getting close to wrapping up the fifth issue and it will conclude in the sixth issue. But yeah, so it's kind of, you know, I, I do a bunch of other stuff, but the comics are always there in the background. That's something whenever I have time I work on. So it takes me a lot longer to put out an issue than most people. But it's still, you know, even though it's it's kind of sometimes in the back burner, it's always still my first love and everything. Um, and most of the stuff that I do, um, just to pay bills and stuff, revolve around comics. Like I create a lot of digital tools that help comic creators, and I talk about comics on YouTube and and all that stuff. And I've got a series of books on on making comics and stuff like that. Well, let's go through those like one by one. You created digital yeah. tools. 
Yeah. Yeah. So as I was, you know, as I'm creating, as I'm creating these comics, um, I don't, I think I, I think I learned about other people that were creating the, these digital packs of different tools, like whether it's textures, whether it's Photoshop brushes or, or whatever. And I, I came across this one guy that started a company doing this and it went really well. And and it was kind of, he kind of got in on it early. So he, he, I mean, he built a really successful company off of this. And since then, a lot of other people came in the space and I had, so I had been developing like these little avatar packs where you can build different characters, you know, faces and everything like that. And then, and, and I was selling them and they, they were, they started to sell. Okay. And then I had a company come to me, a marketplace that wanted to, wanted to put the, these in a bundle and, um, and they really liked them. And, and, you know, I, so I just started getting into the, the idea behind what sells, what doesn't. And it was a, they, a lot of people were just saying, well, do what you like, do something that nobody else is doing. And there weren't really a lot of digital tools out there for comic creators. So I kind of pivoted away from those avatar packs to start designing, like, like everyone's looking for comic book templates, you know, what, what, what template do you use or whatever. So I created templates and then I created, you know, I created my own brushes and I created uh, like character templates, like turnarounds where it would have a character from the front, the side and the back that you could use as a template to draw your character. And then like halftone pages that you could use and, um, you know, story templates, like what does a comic script look like? Well, I came up with a comic, you know, comic template and just all these different tools. And, and I just combined them in a pack and I did a smaller pack first that I gave away, uh, like, like as an incentive to join my mailing list. So if you, and I still have it, it's still very successful. I mean, it's got, it's able to get my, it's called the comic maker starter kit and it's got a bunch of tools. It's free. All you do is join the mailing list and then you get, then you, you get all the tools and then, and that helps me because it puts you on the mailing list and I can kind of, uh, market some of my other products that way. That's amazing. But, um, you know, I, I just flashed back yeah. to 10, 10 years ago. 12 years ago, I had an idea what you could do like uh, in AI, 12 years ago when AI wasn't, did, couldn't do anything, to an AI that helps you create comic books. So you can define your own characters and then mm-hmm. it build, you tell what the story is in each frame, like what's important, what's not important, what should, and then, you know, the, temp, t- the templates for the AI were, okay, the important things in front or in the back in certain places, you know? And basically it tells, the, the AI knows how to turn a story into uh, an image. And all you do is once you have the characters, you can just, it'll do the, the story for you. And you can, uh, according to, the, to your text. I couldn't get any money for that. And even if I could today, I know that I probably wouldn't have been able to do that. I don't know how to do that. So. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a hard one. This is, that's a scary one because once AI starts to figure out how to be creative, I think we're in trouble. <laughs> but 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 I mean, at least to a certain point, I mean, I can see where you know I, I actually created another product called the comic make comic well, the comic book world builder, and it doesn't really create stuff for you, but it has all that stuff. Like it's got it's got different backgrounds that you can use. Like it's got different backgrounds that would be an interior of a house. And then it's got different backgrounds, like a desert background. And it's got foreground elements like rocks and lightning bolts and word balloons and all kinds of things that you can pull together to kind of create your own comic. So yeah, I, I, you know, I've done stuff like that. I've got a comic maker toolkit. I've got, um, 
something called the Hero Design Studio that has all these Procreate brushes that you can just drop in and it's got different like body parts and stuff that you can use to help build your characters and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I started designing those and- um, to get the word out. And then, what's that? How'd you get the word out about them? How'd you let people know that this exists? Oh, so yeah, some of that's through my YouTube channel. Some of that's through the newsletter. Um, I do I do a, a weekly um, show called The Art Casters uh, with with the couple of people that you have on. Josh is one of them, mm -hmm. um, and then uh, and another friend Corey, which you probably have to interview at some point. But um, but yeah, uh, I just wherever I can <laughs> get the word out, however I can, and and you know sometimes. A lot of, you know, I promote some of the stuff myself, but then I also put them on, on other marketplaces. Um, there's a marketplace called Design Cuts that's in the UK that sells that sells my stuff. And there's like Creative Market and there's a bunch of other marketplaces. So, and then some sometimes a company will come to me and they'll like, okay, we want to run a discounted bundle on this thing and we'll promote the heck out of it. You know, we'll, and we, we've, got a, we've got millions of people through our channels. So sometimes I'll do that. Um, and those tend to do pretty well. So, so yeah, I just try to put it out there as many places as I can. And, you know, obviously, you know, they take those different places, take a cut of it. So if I could sell, if I had a big enough audience where I could sell everything through my site, that would be ideal because, you know, there's no one else. It's just, there's no middleman, but, but those, the good thing about these other marketplaces is that they drive a lot of traffic. So, you know, it's it's okay for me to give them as much as like fifty percent or something if they're driving a lot of traffic to it. So, yeah. Okay, and, and talk about your uh, YouTube channel. Uh, so yeah, so my YouTube channel. I've I've been doing YouTube for I think about seven years seriously, and mm -hmm. been pretty consistent. I I don't think I've really missed a week. Um, and there were times where I was doing like the 100 day challenge where I was posting every day. Sometimes I post like twice a week. Usually I post about once a week now. Um, and it's my channel. It's called Cirqueworks Art Labs. And it's basically just art advice and inspiration for, for, for I call mad creators because I my whole persona is that I I like if you've seen any of my videos, I've got this mm -hmm. underground layer set and then I wear a green lab coat. And so I'm kind of like the mad science of art. And um, so, but, but, you know, through that, I, I just, I, I do all the stuff that I wish that I had uh, available to me when I was coming up as an artist. I teach, I give away all my secrets. I tell, I'll t I, you know, I tell people, this is, this is how you can make money doing artwork. This is, you know, these are some of the skills you can use or whatever. Um, and then I also share some of my artwork and stuff like that. So, so that's, that's pretty much the, the idea behind the channel is just giving, you know, show inspiration, you know, and um, just kind of some of it's motivational, some of it's practical stuff that you can use advice to how, you know, how to become a full-time illustrator or a professional illustrator and, and some of it's just me sharing artwork that I do. Well, I have a question for you. Can, yeah. You know, I, I only have these questions, but <laughs> like this is, uh, you know, you don't have to answer it, but I'm also an 80s kid, born in the uh -huh. uh, And I just turned 50. Me too. So, me too. Oh, yep. In February. I'm, well, I guess, I guess I'm going to be 51 in, in the next February, so... But yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm in October, so I'm I'm fresh. Um, I'm much younger than you. Yes. So, uh, so is there any kind of uh, reflection? Oh, you know, this is what I want to do in, with my life. This is like, 
perspective, reflection, different, you know. Um, yeah, I guess I'm not, I'm not sure what you mean as far as from an 80s perspective. No, I mean, uh, I mean, since you've reached 50. Yeah, okay. Upon oh, reaching 50, is there any reflection in that? Yeah, it's, it, again, it's, it's always changing. You know, it's always, I mean, there's always new technologies. Like right now I'm looking into like NFTs and things like that, which, you know, I, I don't fully understand it, but I mean, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to at least sort of stay relevant and, and figure out what some of these new technologies, even though I'm not the best at social media, I'm really good at like YouTube, like being consistent on YouTube, but you know, I've had, I also have a Facebook page and an Instagram and those have kind of, I don't think I've posted on those in a while or very infrequently, but um, I think I'm going to try to make it a goal next year to be a little more consistent throughout all that. But, but I don't know, I'm the kind of person that I just, I'd rather be just creating and drawing than scrolling through social media. So YouTube's a little different where you don't have to really scroll. And I watch a lot of videos on YouTube, but it's mm -hmm. usually while I'm drawing. Um, but as far as, you know, perspective looking back, it's hard to say. I mean, I'm sure maybe there's certain things that I would have done differently, you know, but I mean, there's products and, and projects that I've been involved with that didn't really go anywhere. I guess in hindsight, I might, you know, I might skip over those, but then again, I think, I think I learned from each one of those. So, I mean, I think any, anytime you fail at something, as long as you use it as a learning experience that can inform you know, you can apply it to other things that can become successful. So, so I don't, it's hard to say I would, you know, would change anything. I, I, I maybe alter a few things along the, the line, the, the, you know, along the way, but, um, but I'm always kind of open to kind of what's next. Um, you know, I guess if I was going to do anything differently and I still have, I'm still not that great at this and I still don't do this much, but I think, I think maybe, um, uh, one of the things that I would like to do is delegate stuff to other people, you know, and, uh, and stick to, cause if I could do that, then like with building some of these things, if I could delegate some of those tasks to other people and then concentrate more on making comics because the comics, I mean, I can, you know, I, you know, I'll run a Kickstarter and it, it can do okay. And I can, and I, and I sell my comics at conventions and I sell them at, I sell them at, um, you know, uh, comic book stores and stuff like that. And they can bring in some money, but it's not a lot. I mean, there's, I, I need to, I still need to develop those, you know, digital tools and stuff like that to keep the, keep the, the lights, you know, the lights working and everything. But if I had the ability to just work on comics, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking less about regrets because regrets is... Uh... Oh, right. So regrets. less about regrets? Or? Yeah, no, yeah, what I meant, I, I wasn't asking if you had any regrets, but you know, okay. I don't know what your reflections were. I was thinking like, thinking ahead, like. Thinking um, ahead, okay. What? Yeah, so, so right now, um, comic books are still a big part of that. They always will be. Um, I, I really, one of the things, a couple of things, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm looking into NFTs. That's something that I'm, I'm, I'm looking into. And I don't have any idea where that's going to go. But the, the, I think one of the main things that I want to start doing is, is building community, you know, building a better community around artwork. Mm -hmm. And I don't know exactly what shape that will, that will, will happen with that, whether it's like a discord or, um, but I just, I want to take like my, I, I did a series on YouTube called Making Comics 101. 
it's basically a whole it's 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 as far as i know it's the most comprehensive free course on making comics that you're going to find anywhere and it's on youtube on my channel but and it takes you everything from from how to come up with an idea all the way to printing and publishing and all the steps in between and i want to build a community around that where we can you know, help other creators, you know, learn how to create comics or share resources or collaborate or whatever. Um, so that's, that's one of the things I'm looking at. And I, I, I'm actually, I'm actually subscribed to a, a community about building a, a community about building communities. So I'm, I'm learning from there. So I'm hoping next year I can launch something like that. Um, again, I don't know what kind of shape that will, what, how that will take shape. But I just I want to I, I want to build more of a community around that to to help other artists and also you know and everything kind of comes back to uh, sort of that what's that I think it was as a Gary Vaynerchuk who I think he said like jab jab right hook which is the idea of you give you give you give and then you ask yeah. so I build this community I give all my secrets all my you know I give all this knowledge, everything that I give away for free on YouTube. And then every once in a while you ask for something back, like, okay, I've got a new comic coming out you guys go out and support it. So I think if you're able to build a community, um, then you, you kind of, I mean, people have a big following or a fan base or whatever, then you can kind of, if you, if you can achieve that, then you can kind of tap into that fan base and you can pretty much, write your own ticket like oh i i've got whatever project is you want to create as long as there's people that like you and like the work you can do you can put stuff out there and i i mean there's there's people that i look to like say like a jake parker um who who does pretty well at that he's got a big following he can pretty much put out whatever he wants you know and whether it's oh i'm putting up original artwork to sell or oh i've got a new sketchbook that i've got and because you've got enough people that care about this stuff, then he can kind of do whatever he wants and he doesn't have to, you know, work for say an animation company or whatever, because I've gone through different stages in my career, but right now the stage that I'm at is that I don't want to go back to working for somebody else, whether it's, even if it's something cool, like when I was working for game design, very cool. I work with really cool people. Um, don't regret any of that, but I'm just at the point right now where I just want to create whatever I want to create. I don't want to have to answer to anyone other than fans, what kind of, you know, they mm -hmm. want. And usually, usually they want what you want because, you know, they're sort of a reflection of you. So, but that's sort of the goal. That's where I'm moving towards is building, continue to build the community and just, and hopefully get, get into doing more comics and creative stuff and, and, and have people that are interested in that, whether they're whether that's growing the Patreon or setting up something, some other sort of community or whatever, you know. So, so that's sort of the goal. I, I think you'd also be, uh, you know, you're great on video. Like, you have presence. You look like a character in the things you do, and uh, it, it looks really great. So, I think you'd also work great on TikTok, which is basically yeah. short, short YouTube's. Yeah, that's you do short stuff and uh... yeah, that's my that's on my list of things to do. So I, I have I I started to do this. I started to go through that series that I was talking about, that making comics one on one, and I want to I want to cut certain pieces out of there, little tidbits, and I want to put those on on um, TikTok. And my goal is hopefully in the beginning of the year, I, I want to do that, and I want to create like I like this idea of. I could, 
every single week I can create like a theme, like what I'm working on. And that theme would be whatever I'm talking about on YouTube. And then I can take that same content and I can release it as a, as a, um, as like a newsletter, like, and so it's, it's readable. So you can either watch a video or if you like mm. to read it, it's the same thing. Or I can take bits and pieces of that and do like TikTok or reels or what is it? YouTube shorts. I don't know. Everyone's got their own little mini video thing, yeah. but yeah, I, I, if I could only do video, I would love that because I, that's the, I think that's the reason why I'm not very active on like Facebook and even in the communities that I'm involved with, where it's a lot of text space. I just don't like, like my friends will tell you, cause they, the, my friends have, you know, Jim and, and Josh, they've, they'll have streams going, you know um, you know, just these uh, instant messenger going back and forth. And I rarely, I'm rarely active on that just because I don't, I'm just not typing and stuff like that. That's not what I like yeah. to do. I, if I could get like, if it was an audio channel and they were yeah. just asking me questions, I'd be all for that. Or if I can just do stuff in real time, either on video or through audio, that's the kind of community but that I'd like. Listen, to do. So listen, what, you've got, listen, you know, you're listening to Gary Vaynerchuk. So listen all the way through. He says, yeah. don't do the stuff that makes you feel bad. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Strengths. Yeah. You have, yeah. you're great on videos. So you have YouTube and you, you can have TikTok. And on Instagram, Reels is a thing now. So yeah. you can put Reels and you can even put videos on Facebook and, and on Twitter. And audio, you've got Clubhouse now and you've also yeah. got Twitter Spaces. So, you know, you don't get stuck on the thing that's hard for you. Do the thing that's easy. That you that's do. great advice. <laughs> that's great advice. But I don't know, sometimes I feel guilty because I don't want my friends to think, oh, he just doesn't want to talk to us. <laughs> you know when they're when they're on instant messenger or whatever so bring them onto your video so yeah yeah yeah. yeah well i do that yeah we do that with like the art casters and stuff like that so yeah <laughs> so i really think that, that that would work um it sounds like uh you know you with and without a community you are doing a lot for the community which, yeah, I think so. I, you know, it's always, you know, the idea is just to grow it. I'm really, I'm really blessed to have the the people that comment on my videos and stuff like that. And, um, but you know, I, and, and the people that watch the stuff and that follow it, they tend to like it. So I just, my goal is to reach out to more people. And sometimes that can be difficult with the algorithm and everything, but you know, there's, there's still other things I can't, you know, so and I, so a lot of times I will just blame the algorithm why my stuff isn't reaching more people. But mm -hmm. there are things that I can do, whether it's going on other people's shows or, or just reaching out in other ways to let people know uh, about my content. So, yeah, I really because that's out of my control. The algorithm's out of my control, but I, you know, I can spend time on the things that I can't control and, and try to get the word out a little more. So that's what I mean by you know going and and you know building community and you know sharing stuff and yeah. You know, so yeah. Cool. See, that didn't hurt, I hope. <laughs> it's not like going to the dentist. No, no, no. Is there anything else you want to talk about that we didn't cover? Oh man, I, I'm surprised I kind of covered, I managed to, I get good at this, you know, I've been doing this so long that I, I managed to throw in all the stuff that I I want to promote within the, and it doesn't sound so so salesman-y because I'll just work it into the the show, but yeah. So, I mean, I talked about, um, I guess I'll just kind of re reiterate, uh, my, my series making comics 101. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to learn how to make comics, like I said, it's free. It's on my YouTube channel. Just go to Circus Art Labs, uh, making comics 101. It's, it's like 70 videos long. You don't have to watch all of them. 
Um, you can pick and choose what you want to watch. I've, I've had, there's, there's one guy that keeps commenting on every single video. He's like, oh, I'm, 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 uh, I'm uh, what's the term? Um, I, it's not coming first? to me, but uh, what's that? Is it, is it, does he say first every time? No, no, no. But um, uh, binging, he's like, I'm binging all your content. Oh. So, so yeah. So, all, but anyway, so, so, but yeah, you can pick and choose. Like if you just want to learn about inking, there's uh, usually the way it starts off, there's a main video where I go into that. And then there's, then I'll go a little deeper. We'll have practical examples and then I'll have like a little quick tip video. So there's usually three videos for every topic. And then, you know, and it goes on for, like I said, about 70 videos, but, and they're about, they're, the, the longest ones are about a half hour and then they, the quick ones are like five minutes. Um, so there's that, and that'll pretty much teach you everything you need to know about comics, uh, making comics. Um, and then, uh, yeah, then, you know, there's a bunch of other content on my YouTube channel. Other than that, I've got a website, circworks.com, and that's where you can find like my digital products and things like that. And there's also links to, I have a series of books. Uh, they're just, they're like workbooks. They're like, some of them just have blank comic book panels. So you can draw in your own comics. Some of them have those turnarounds where you can draw your characters. I've got, I've got a really cool one that's, um, so you grew up in the 80s. So, and you were in the comics, I assume back then you remember, mm -hmm. remember the Marvel, Uni Marvel universe handbook and the DC who's who, who's who. Yeah. yeah. So I've got this book, it's called hero data files. And it's basically, it's got a space to draw your character. And then it's got a space to list all the different, uh, like powers and alter egos and all that stuff. So you could basically create your own, it's like templates for creating your own DC who's who or Marvel universe handbook. So I've got that, but there's links to all those workbooks. I've got ton. I think I've got 20 of those different books all total. Um, Speaking of which, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I bought the different types of books like that. Like there was, mm -hmm. there was a book like that for the Transformers. So I bought, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Abu Diansky wrote amazing Transformers comic books. And uh, uh, and he also, like you had for each and every one alphabetically, you had the powers and you had the- Oh yeah. And I all, think I have that book. <laughs> I think I have that book. Those DK and, books. And they also did a lot of history because there was already a lot of history, so. Uh, they had like uh, at least Marvel. Basically, they went through all the Spider-Man books and just gave you the synopsis for all of them. Yeah, going one by one. Uh, and yeah, sorry, just <laughs> no. I yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. I, I could talk about that stuff all day. All the, all that you know. I that was that was honestly one of my favorite. That was you know before the internet, but. I mean, I would just love looking at uh, well, who is the superhero? What's his powers? And even the more obscure ones, like the, who's this guy? So, so it's my knowledge of comics, like I could probably name most of the heroes and what their powers are and stuff. And I would probably read those things more than I would read the actual comics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so some of the storylines, I'm not that familiar, but I definitely know all their powers and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I was really into that. And you could even tell the difference between Marvel comic books and DC comic books. Yeah, DC pages. All the villains, like they're called, like I don't know something like DC tomorrow. Oh, M T O Morrow. Like so, he happens to be a time traveler, and yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> you know, the names they were born with names about being. You know, maybe. yeah, a lot of their names do have to do with uh, with sort of who who they are. Like, uh, well, 
I guess I guess Marvel did that on some like Otto Octavius. I mean, it's pretty much you know what a coincidence that he ended up being a, a villain called yeah. Doctor Octopus. But, it's small, yeah. it's small stuff. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> listen. Thank you very much uh, for coming for talking. Thank you, guys. This has been great. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you so much to Scott. It will not surprise you to learn that I downloaded his free guide. In the show notes, you will find links to his website, YouTube, and Facebook. Now, next time, because there's always a next time, we go to the world behind the posters of some of the big science fiction and fantasy movies of the last few years. So stick around for that. What did you think about this episode? What did you think about other episodes? Email me, please, please email me at guy.hasson at geekdomimpals.com. Hasson is spelled H-A-S-O-N at geekdomimpals.com. Also, you can email me with suggestions to people I don't know who would make great geek guests. Please, I want to know people I don't know. The website is geekdominpals.com. On Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, we're at geekdominpals. We're also on YouTube, geekdominpals. And if you want to check out my other podcast, a daily podcast called The Squash Buckler Diaries, it's an experiment in epic fantasy. So feel free to check it out, The Squash Buckler Diaries. I will see you next time. And for now, have a empowered day. You are listening to Geekdom Empowers, the podcast about people empowered through their geekiness.